0: You are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your
1: program. To win one is tough. To win two back-to-back back is, is really tough. I mean, that's not that's not an easy thing uh, to do. And to know the effort that the guys put into it, the way they stuck together through the highs, the lows, it's a joint effort. Everybody had a little piece of the pie, and that's gratifying as a head coach to, to be around something like that. Texas last
2: number six Kansas
3: even bad performances you have leading scores in those games
0: so it's hard to really draw any positives from this Uh, if you guys gave a player the game uh, that was a bad mistake on your part give two from the last game but don't give one from tonight
3: now, last night's player of the game for the Kansas Jayhawks, why not? Soren Petro.
0: Right you are, Kay. Right you are, Petro. The program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I mean, I don't know. did I play that much worse? Might as well give it to somebody. It was uh, not good for your uh, local five. The uh, Kansas Jayhawks getting beat down. 29 points, I believe. The largest loss in Kansas uh, history under Bill
3: Self. Uh, in the regular season, it might be they lost by thirty-two to.
1: Oh, it, somebody's was, keeping no, score, are they? Or was it twenty-two? I feel like they had well, they a. Lose, uh, what was the, the 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 USC loss was thirty USC something. Game. Uh, they lost by yeah. thirty-two to Kentucky in twenty fourteen. I think they lost by twenty-nine to like Temple in twenty fourteen.
0: All right, settle down, Skippy. Yeah, I think it's the, bad. I think B3 it's the worst B3, conference. I think it's no, the nobody nobody likes to know
1: it all, Adam. <laughs> nobody likes to know it all. I do think it's the worst conference loss under yourself.
3: <laughs> but well, to Adam's credit, my, I mean, this is one time he, he chimed in for a bad note. For a that is game. true. Not there are there game. are it's just so
1: few. Being... There are just so few losses. Of course, I remember them all. They,
3: they stand out. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: Uh, I remember. I remember Missouri's last win. Oh, it was so great. It was many years ago. <laughs> I actually don't remember who it was, but it was. It's been, a minute. it's been a minute.
0: Well, we'll ask Gary Parrish if they're going to get a win. He's going to be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. We always finish strong on a Tuesday with some college talk. Uh, Gary Parrish occupying that slot during college basketball season. So we'll talk to the great Gary Parish, our College Hoops Insider. Coming up at uh, 5.15ish, uh, we've got uh, Sam McDowell in the 4 o'clock hour. Fresh. Fresh. Fresh off the plane. Fresh uh, From Vegas. Probably a bit of a, uh, you know, haven't slept in 72 hours stench to the man. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's going to swing by a press conference today with the Royals. Uh, At 2.30, we'll announce uh, where they're going to build the stadium. Curtis, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going off the board here. Uh, I
3: think it's going to be 63rd and Raytown Trafficway.
1: Okay. No. Taking taking a different uh, uh, yep, look. Yep, I think yep, they're going to yep. fill yeah. the um, pond behind Petro's house and put it there. <laughs>
3: they are going to put it okay. in, in the the place for currently known as Mount Carmel Cemetery. So fifty sixth and Ditzler, my old uh, my old area. Okay, I, I think it's a, it's it's a gamble, but I think I think it's. it's but I'll, then
0: I'll take I'll take seventieth in a row <laughs> at the. Uh, yeah, the park at the end of the uh, street that I grew up on. I'll take that. How about that? As long as we're just going to go, you know, local on things. Oh, mine's pretty close. My
3: choice is actually pretty close to where it is currently is, so. Yeah. Okay. That wouldn't be much of a move.
0: So, uh, press conference is going to happen at 2.30. Sam McDowell will be there. Then he's going to come join us here,
3: as I as I, yes. I
0: believe. If he can. If he can. If he can. We'll see what kind of effort the man makes. On uh, the 3 o'clock hour, Grunard, uh, Tim Grunhard, Chiefs Hall of Famer, Grunny, Timothy, They call him. They do. Uh, also known as Grunny. It's funny for a handful of us. It is. Especially if you went to college. I think you have any... Ah, <laughs> uh, yes you did, didn't you? I did. I think I think so. Not Tim Grunhard, by the way. Yeah, that'd be a story. The man who authored said statement. So, uh, the man who authored was an intern of ours. That's right. So, there you go. That's right. we got that going for us,
3: you know? I can't remember who it was. I'm sure you'll let me know in the break. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm just going to scribble it out. I wonder if he'll have any any opinions about the, uh, uh, yeah, I wonder if he'll have any opinions about the Super Bowl. I think he might have one or two. Really? The, Grunhard or? Tim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he might have them as well. Uh, I'm sure we can we can squeeze
0: something out of Tim regarding football. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, we start, though, with a little Kansas basketball. We'll get to the Chiefs can grab a line. I know probably most people, um, you know, any any reaction to the Kansas game is mostly teehee from K State and Mizzou fans. So I, I, I know it's not the greatest caller driven topic, but Kansas, K State, Missouri, uh, sporting, Royals, and your. Two time defending world champion Kansas City Chiefs are always a topic here of the program at nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Open up the phone lines, nine one three three eight ten eight ten if you'd like to be a part of the conversation.
3: I got home from my basketball games last night. And guess what I did? I rewatched that last drive again. Did you really? I may I may watch that every night for a couple of weeks. Uh it's fun. It's pretty darn fun. It's fun. Even knowing
0: how it's gonna end, it's still fun. Okay, we'll get to that uh, here shortly. But seventy nine fifty. Do you watch the film, Adam, or is this like, oh, just throw away the
1: tape? You don't even look at this one. What's I, the? Uh... I don't think there's much that can be learned because I think what it was is something we, I think, knew all season. I think they just weren't. They, I think they they gave it everything they had two days ago against a really good team. And when you're only playing five deep. You don't have much for a game two days later against another good team.
0: Well, five deep and one of them, you know, not playing. You know, like are you, are you saying five deep without him?
1: No, I, sorry, the phone rang. I was just saying, um, I was just saying five deep. But you're scaring me. I'm like, like Am I deep. <laughs> Did I not watch place? the game? Right? Am I, Is he like? <laughs>
0: Uh, I literally was like, "Is he there? Reacting to like, what is this idiot talking about?" I'm like, "Did I screw something up?" Like, <laughs> no, no, pretty sorry. sure I was watching I the right the game. Phone, no, the friend. phone was ringing. I was, me.
1: I was just saying five That's deep because right. normally they're six deep, and Kevin McCuller wasn't playing. But I guess technically they go seven. But wow,
0: well, six deep is generous. I yeah, agree. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead and give
0: give me six. Who's number six?
1: Well, I mean, in terms of minutes, they they play Timber uh, they play El Marco, and then they play Timberlake.
0: Well, that would be seven deep, then, wouldn't it?
1: And that's what I said. I go six, maybe. Missouri seven. plays
0: a
3: lot of guys, but okay. Missouri plays a lot I'm of guys. They're I didn't say they deep. were good. I'm okay. just saying there's
0: yeah. dudes out on the court.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, there's had,
0: a, I think that would be a distinction
3: a, between a,
0: yeah. yeah
3: between how, 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 whether a team is deep or just has a lot of players. So we heard Bill Self say in the open. Uh, He's usually quite candid, particularly when he's talking to girl after the game. He goes, "Don't give out a player the game for this. <laughs> give two to the last." He said, him. "In fact, he said, even even the worst games, somebody has a leading score. He goes, it doesn't mean they were good." <laughs> he said, "You lose by twenty nine. You don't have a
0: any bright spots." Well, I think Bill was tired of watching it. I think he probably well, Yes, yeah, true. You know. I'm going to walk halfway out here on the court and just invite you to send me home so I don't have to be a part of this anymore. Good. I can just go sit back in my office. Uh, listen, we're live at Hen House 4050 West 83rd Street. You can stop on by and say hello. Any of your hen houses are happy to take care of you. If you go to henhouse.com, you can order a delicious dinner with, uh, appetizer salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose. Entrees include prime rib, herbs de province, turkey breast, mustard encrusted salmon. Uh, you can choose any one of those three, uh, for your, uh, you know your two entrees get a couple of prime ribs if you want it's up to you a couple of desserts french baguette uh, a red rose all for just 49.99 you can order that here in the store or online at henhouse.com also the floral department I may or may not have already made my selection mm-hmm. they are great your floral department at your neighborhood henhouse uh balloons bouquets of uh different kinds of flowers and of course uh, great deals on the roses the signature the classic for Valentine's Day Curtis is the rose uh, a dozen red roses, twenty-five bucks. A dozen rainbow roses for just thirty dollars. Uh, that's like the red, hot pink, mm-hmm. white. So it's, it's a rainbow, is it's what it very is. Nice.
3: It's kind of a, a recent trend, I think, in the, in the bouquet thing. They look great. Is it really? I, I hadn't. I think so.
0: Invented two thousand and twelve. <laughs> Invented. They named it Rainbow Invented. of Roses. Randiago. yeah Yeah. <laughs> Invented by the Germans. We're not invented by the Germans. Yes. In nineteen twelve. <laughs> they named it Rainbow of Roses. Hmm. Okay. I can see it. Okay, it's
3: good. They're, enough. they're amazing. If you think you know what it looks like and you see you're like oh wow. The first time you see one it's it's like, why did it take this long to come up with this?
0: We have a wonderful bouquet on our table. Yes. You know, and I don't think she was making a statement by putting it right in front of your face. Carnations. It's not like they were trying to hide you. They just wanted to make sure you could see it. <laughs> Carnations. I don't know. Those, those lilacs. What are those? I see some. Very nice, though. That beautiful vase. Uh, a vase. A vase. I believe uh, you would call it. Uh, you can come check it out right now, henhouse.com, if you want to find uh, your uh, beautiful bouquet or dozen roses. Come take advantage of it at Henhouse. Now, we do start with some Kansas basketball, Seventy nine fifty. Listen, Listen, this game was a dog with fleas. The things that jump out at me, they again get wrecked on the boards. Uh, 42-26, again, outgunned. Yes, outmanned, but... It wasn't 42-36. It was not thirty six. It's forty two twenty six. was um, I do get DeWan Harris being banged up. Uh, I do get uh, Noah McCuller. But, you know, man, it went really wrong. Am I the only – I'm going to bring this up. I, I reached out to a couple of folks about Zach Clemens, who left and came back, and is red-shirting. Somebody want to fill me in on why he's red-shirting?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. 6-10, 6-11.
0: Stretch four, I get it. In previous years, he hadn't really been able to crack the lineup, but I would think he could crack this lineup. And if nothing else, and you could play really, really big. What, what do you think KJ Adams is barefoot? What's what, what little combine barefoot height? What is he listed at?
3: Six. All oh, they list him at uh... whatever it is. I don't think he's that.
0: Uh, six. They got him at. Uh, they got him at five eight. Well, six, they
3: list him at six seven. Six seven. Okay. I don't. Uh, I think probably six five and a half. That's what I was going to say. Um, and so usually shaded about an inch and a half off. I, I, big man.
0: I think he's a uh, great energy player. He clearly works well within the offense. He averages double digits, but he's just not long enough to get on the glass. No, and he doesn't shoot. And so this is the one, I mean, listen, it starts with the player, Zach Clemens, and how he could be, wasn't he top 50 when he came in? Was my, it's my recollection. recollection. Yeah, he uh, was, he was a high
1: a guy out of that Sunrise Academy, the same place where, like, Grady Dick came from. He wasn't, I don't think he was a five-star, but he was a four to be sure, I think.
0: Um, I'm going I'm to take a look at uh, where he ranked in the class here in a second. But, you know, I, I don't understand how that kid can't, Crack this lineup, and how this team could be as thin, and and, and how from the get-go they can decide that okay, we're going to play like seven guys, and somehow in the in the off-season the idea was that th- this kid needs to shirt.
3: Yeah, someone misjudged. Some, I mean, it, it, that they would look at this team and think, yeah, we got enough pick guys. We got enough picks. Well, it's. We'll get what we need. I,
0: I, I'm with you. I mean, listen, Bill Self has forgotten more about basketball than I will yep. ever know. I he'll probably get everything put together and figured out uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, he was 73rd nationally, 18th at his position, uh, third uh, in uh, the state of Kansas. Uh, he was a four-star recruit. I mean, I, I just you know, I, I struggle to figure out how that he couldn't have been helped for this team. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's a little baffling. They, they do make up for the fact that they can't rebound by not being able to shoot. And, you know, that's a lethal combination. You know, if you're not going to get on the glass and get possession of the ball. Go ahead and miss 35 shots. Go ahead and, you know, just throw it in the air. See what happens. Uh, three of 16 from three. Uh, 17 of 52 overall. I mean, Texas Tech does pride itself on its defense. They do have kind of a jumping jack guy in the middle, who clearly, I think you saw, uh, bothered Hunter Dickinson mm-hmm. uh, in this game. You know, I, I, I th- this to me, I can only look at this and say, this is kind of where it all came together two years ago for national championship. There's not that far between a team that looked like, well, this team isn't going to be that good, When you're Kansas and you consistently, even the kids who can't play are top 100 kids or top 150 or top 200 kids. And it shows the margin of error of it, making it all come together as a team. I think it also shows the importance of being able to shoot the three yes because Abaji really stepped up his three-point shooting Christian Prown Brown could shoot for that team Dewan Harris just like today continues to uh, no no yes look it went in mm-hmm. oh that's ugly oh
1: it yeah. went in
3: but last night oh for three
1: um yeah and Remy, so, Remy catch fire as a three-point shooter yes. late that season.
3: In that yeah. tournament, he was huge.
1: That's one That's one uh, thing I don't think this team has, is, is a guy that you're just going to go, unless Timberlake suddenly learned something last night going, whatever he went, two for four from three. Well, that that's what
0: I will say. is If there's a positive, it said Elmarco Jackson and Nick Timberlake played 20-plus played minutes. El Margo was 0 for 2 from 3, but he was 3 for 3 from inside the arc, hit a free throw, got a few fouls on him, 3 or 4. Four. Yeah. Four fouls, which meant he was invested in the game, you know. I mean, I don't remember him just, just being – He was I don't remember him just being standing there picking his nose and then yeah. reaching as a guy went right, by. Right. Yeah. Um I was doing a lot of things while the while the game was going on, but I didn't I I didn't see it as just lazy reach fouls all over the place. But Nick Timberlake did knock down two of four three pointers. That's been his MO. I, I assume when you come into a program like Kansas you know, one of the most historic buildings in all of college basketball. You'd be a little wide eyed, might be a little faster. You're stepping up the level of competition. You know, I felt all along that Timberlake's shot might come around late. They desperately needed to. I think even if it does, this team resembles a Jared Hass team where he was the only guy that could shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And let's sell Marco Jackson. I'm assuming. And the way I heard Bill Self talk about El Marco Jackson in the offseason, and I think Bill Self, if, if he's, you know, if, if being a college basketball coach isn't the best thing he, he could be, being an NBA scout, I think would be. I think his eye for talent is incredible. And I think he's got a great sense for developing talent. And he spoke very highly of El Marco Jackson. So I, the one thing, is if I'm a Kansas fan, I sit here and go, Bill Self put this thing together. And Timberlake has shot in the past. And Marco Jackson was an incredibly highly thought of number 20 player in the country. More is there. Can we get to it? You know, I know Josh Selby never got to it at Kansas other than about one half a basketball. I think I can remember him kind of looking good. You're like, okay, there it is. Here it comes. Unleash the fury. But we heard Bill Self talk about Andrew Wiggins. Wiggs was, was, was an alpha dog. No, he wasn't. Man, we never did see him really unleash the fury. The Warriors have seen him unleash the fury in about nine quarters of basketball that had them thinking that he was a foundation piece to go along with Steph Curry to lead them into the future when he stepped up so big in the playoffs for the Warriors. But really, his whole time at Kansas, I remember a buddy of mine I used to play cards with going, you know, like... He gets it on the breakaway, and you're like, "Okay, man, here we go." I mean, son of a long jumper or high jumper—I can't remember which—and uh, basketball player. High dad, Dad, right dad was an NBA player. Mom was—was was she a high jumper or a long a jumper? High jumper? Triple jumper. Yeah, two tremendous athletes. Like, okay, and you see the athleticism. He go would go from half court to the rim in like three steps. Like, here it comes. Look, at, no. Basically, he, just, he had
1: he just two games with that mentality his whole time at Kansas.
0: Yeah, and so. You know, and one with the long. I bring this up. I bring this up. And, and by the way, that's the team if Joel Embiid doesn't get hurt. I think that's probably Bill Self's third championship or at that time his second championship because I think Embiid was just coming along and that team was going to be hell on wheels in the tournament, even if Andrew Wiggins only brought it. Full-bore for 16 minutes a game, that was going to be enough for that team. It's one of the ones that got away, I think, for Bill Self. It's one of the ones. It's why he was owed a title with a less talented team two years ago, because that one, I think, was ready to do it. I I bring it up just to say that I think Bill Self's the best at identifying the talent. I think he's great at putting it all together. I think he's great at developing players. But even he Mm -hmm. misses a little. But last night we did see some quality. I, I don't even know are, are they quality minutes when you get your rear end handed to you by twenty nine points. I, I don't even know how to how to view yeah. it
3: right now. I, I think I think he doesn't view it as that by, by the comments he made, and also he also said earlier uh, a clip we will we'll, we'll maybe play later. Uh, he talked about it again. He's you know we're we're beat up. We're tired. This has been we we knew yesterday or the day before, because this was from last night, he says, we knew from yesterday, that that meaning uh, Sunday, uh, this might be a rough night. And he says, we just need some time to, to kind of relax and maybe get some guys back. His comments of late don't sound to me like a guy who is... Hugely disappointed in the productivity of his team at times, so it, makes, it may lead me to believe that he's getting a realization that maybe this isn't the team. He seems to be the most angry when teams that have been really good have lost. Unless, right. I, unless I'm misremembering things, like uh, when he, when he's got a team. That Easy he knows, Roger Clemens, yeah. When he's got a team that he kind of doesn't think is national title caliber, when they lose, he seems to be a little bit more. I'm gonna say resigned to it, but less bothered. I think by
1: the it. mentality, to, to your point, Curtis. I think the mentality of most coaches in general is obviously they they want to win everything that they possibly can. But I think a lot of coaches, it's just okay. What they hate more than anything is see is see untapped potential. Is, is mm-hmm. see is, is guys through for whatever reason not working hard enough. Whatever the reason it is, they're not reaching potential. They hate seeing that. And if he feels like a team is hitting its ceiling, even that, even that ceiling is below a ceiling that most Kansas fans have grown used to in the last thirty years, they're they're more okay with it. They still want to win, but they seem more okay with it if they can go. Well, we're hitting our ceiling at least.
3: Yeah, if that 8 team had lost by 29, he'd be, I think he'd be a little bit more perturbed by it.
0: I'm going to put this up as a uh, poll question, but it, I'll ask Kansas fans right now. If, if I told you you can have the Sweet 16 and out, so you'll definitely get to the second round, but that's it. You're done. Sweet 16, uh, second weekend. Uh, Sweet 16 and you're out versus roll the dice and see where this team will go. Would you take it? And I think it's real easy to be a pessimistic Kansas fan and be like, "Oh yeah, I'd take it because I think this team sucks." Because you've seen so many great teams, so you can walk around kind of like we all Kansas Chiefs fans now, and wow, I, I, this guy sucks, you know? Because we've seen greatness. Yeah, I get it. You've seen some really good ball, and I think the easy thing would be like, "Yeah, I'll take Sweet 16. But are we are we ready to go ahead and say Bill Self's not going to wave a wand on this one? Like that's what you're saying. Yeah. If you take the Sweet 16, you're taking a win. I think they're barreling towards a four to six seed. If I'm wrong, they're going to get hot. They're going to. I mean, they could still be. I think a two. I think a one might be gone now, but they could still be a two if they would go five and one in their last six. I think they have six left, uh, and then go into the the finals. You know, maybe even win the Big 12 tournament. I think they can get up to a two. I think realistically, this team looks more like three and three. You know, maybe four and two. Uh, to finish, and then you know they're not getting the double by the way it stands right now. They're fifth, fifth place right now. Only the top four get the double by. So you know I'm feeling kind of four five, yeah, four to six if the injuries are going to persist. I mean, I think you you say that based upon getting everybody back and getting healthy. I think they're feeling kind of four six ish. And if you're a six, okay, you're in the six eleven game. You expect to win that, but. You ain't laying 24-and-a-half in a game like that. You may be getting a play-in team mm-hmm. in the first round. And then you're going to turn around and, and, you know, you're looking at a three. So, if I gave you a sweet 16, would you take it right now?
1: No further. Jayhawk fan? Um. Yeah. That's you, Adam. Yeah, I would. He's pondering. Um, no, I, I, I would um, because I think... The one thing, and I think it's because got he, headline. he hasn't
0: really... Jayhawk Adam doesn't believe in Bill Self. <laughs> well,
1: I, I would take it, and I just I, I don't see... I, I The reason I think that is because I've said for several weeks now, I think what's what might really kill this team is whoever they play the second day of the first weekend because they're just, and I think it's related to their depth or lack thereof, they're just Mondays after Saturdays. They've been so bad this year, and particularly once conference season began, and I I think that's a, a manifestation of their of their um, of their lack of depth. But the funny thing is, if they get through that first weekend, they've beaten enough great teams. They've beaten UConn, Houston, Baylor. I don't think great team category, but they're very good, and they beat them. Um, Kentucky's falling, but we'll see what they do. But they did beat Kentucky. The funny thing is, is with five days of rest, I could see him as a four seed upsetting a one in the Sweet 16. Because of the caliber of opponent, they've, they've beat yeah. at their ceiling this year. But the reason I might take that Sweet 16 is that that second game of a weekend has killed them this year.
3: It's killed them often throughout to the degree that he well they don't have any the they don't have any depth um, in, in Bill Self's uh, tournament career he generally has performed uh the, the drop off has been more severe his struggles have been in rounds 2 and in the elite 8 he's but much better in this he's great in the sweet 16 he's better in the sweet 16 than he has been i think winning percentage wise considering the opposition but he has been in that second round so that works against him a lot of times teams like they i think they've got you know, with, with Dickinson and McCullough when he's healthy, you know, two All-American type players. But those, when those in a team with two All-Americans, you could see maybe getting hot and two guys carrying a team through through March. But those are usually NBA All-American players. It's Abaji and, and Christian Brown, and guys like that who can, who you know, are going to play at the next level. Those, the, those are two guys that can maybe carry you through through three weekends. Well, I don't well, know that Dickinson and McCuller are those type of All Americans that can just get hot and carry you with, out little, with little else from the of the supporting gap.
0: When he got the scent of Kansas on him, Christian Brown crept into the top 100. Yep. He was not in the top 100 to like, oh, Bill Self's looking at him, well, up the rankings he goes, and rightfully so because yeah. Bill Self knows talent. last year in the postseason you, you, you check. You, you know, you, you check yourself. Like, wait a minute, Bill Selfson, what did I miss here? I'm not ripping because I the guys who do the rankings are great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a hater of the ranking guys because it's a it's a mother of a job, man. And, and they do it in all of them. I respect all of them because they put their name next to a list, and it's hard work. But, I mean, he kind of crept up, but Abaji was nowhere to be found. Right. Where's that guy on this team? Yeah, true. You know, there, there isn't that. There, where's Frank Mason?
3: <laughs> Where's Devonte Graham?
0: And, and and listen, this may be the reality of like look, we we want to when they win the championship. Oh, well, the NIL and the the transfer portal—it's all going to be good for Kansas. But then maybe we look here and we go, well, Frank Mason doesn't have to, you know, take that. Okay, I'll I'll be there. I I can go start right now and get paid. Yes, real That's money over here at Clemson, or over here at, yeah, it's not the traditional iconic basketball power, but and and Frank Mason was kind of unique in the sense he wasn't a big recruit, but he came right in and was playing a lot of minutes right away on that Wiggins uh, team. But maybe that's what we're seeing. Maybe those guys, now we're not there for Bill Self to grab late and finish off his recruiting class and then develop and bring along. Maybe they're like, uh, yeah. what do you got, coach, because I got 250K over here. Well, I mean, I can sell the big. You know, I, I don't know. I, we'll find out, I guess, over time. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll take your phone calls. I know a couple of people have been ringing the lines. We'll get to them next. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Get to uh, some Chiefs talk as well. Uh, parade tomorrow coming up here in about three or four minutes. They're going to start the. Uh, they're leaking out the photos of the location just south of uh, the T-Mobile Center is where they're uh, looking at putting the uh, new Kauffman Stadium. We'll talk about that uh, as well. We've got a lot coming your way today. Tim Grunhard talking Chiefs football in the three. Sam McDowell in the four. Gary Parrish in the five. Your phone calls next. We're live at Hen House. Uh, get to the floor with the at Hen House, fellas. Uh, do not show up empty-handed for Valentine's Day or... It will not be a sweet Valentine for you. But if you come with a dozen roses, and it's just $25 for a dozen roses, $30 for a dozen rainbow roses, uh, you will be welcomed with loving arms, which is what we all want at Valentine's Day. Plus, order a great romantic dinner for two at henhouse.com. Uh, go right now to henhouse.com. We're here at the henhouse in Corinth, 4050 West 83rd Street. That's basically 83rd and Mission, in between Mission and uh, Row. You can stop on by and say hello. As a number of people already have. Always great to see. Uh, All the great folks, uh, we're at Hen House. Come by and say hello. All right. Tick, 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 tick. Coming down up against it. uh, Valentine's Day, uh, hopefully. Uh, You've already been by Jocelyn's Jewelry. uh, Gotten a a beautiful gift at Jocelyn's Jewelry. uh, And now it's time to have the flowers. Right here, one hand. Yeah, hello. Necklace. Other hand. Flowers. And then straight to bed. That's how it works. Yep. That's how it works. Uh, Hen House, uh, you can also order a delicious dinner with an appetizer salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, French baguette, and a single red rose for $49.99 right now at henhouse.com. Three entrees to choose from, the prime red, the herbs, to province turkey breast, or the mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, you can uh, have a nice romantic dinner for two. The uh, floral department has all the flowers, a uh, bouquet of red roses, just uh, a dozen red roses, just $25. You can get that right now at your neighborhood henhouse Hen House. They also got balloons and stuffed animals and plants and so many great things to choose from and house has been serving kansas city for over 100 years 913-810-810 1 3 3 8 10 8 10. the phone number 913-810-810 8 10 8 10. uh let's uh let's go to the phones uh royals chiefs sporting k-state missouri k you always topic here in the program uh tracy is going to lead us off today you're in the program tracy what's going on
4: hey what's going on my friend Hey, I was just curious, what is your thought on uh, the 49ers players coming out saying they didn't know the overtime rules? Now, I heard this morning on – uh Get up, Jeff Saturday, and I can't remember what the host name is, but his last name is Greenberg. They disagree. Yeah, Mike Greenberg. Yes, yes, sir. You are you're absolutely right. They disagree. Now let me tell you what Jeff Saturday said. Jeff Saturday thought it was three plays in particular and and Mike Greenberg was just adamant. They lost the game because of the overtime rules. But I tend to agree with what Jeff Saturday said. He said the biggest play in his mind was when the 49ers were driving. I forget if they were on the 10 or the 5. or And Chris Jones blew that play up because that wide receiver, he was wide open. Now, you can argue 10 times or 100 times if you want. Some people say uh, uh, their tackle missed uh, a block, but Chris Jones blew that play up. That was the biggest play because that guy was wide open for a touchdown. And then the second play, uh, he said, was whenever Mahomes threw the interception in 49ers territory, and the 49ers went three and out. And then, of course, the last play that Saturday said was the fumble. Uh, 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 when the guy like when they were driving on on the first drive and he fumbled all right well that stopped their momentum so what is your take on that and i tend to agree with what jeff saturday said not mike greenberg thanks for taking my call my friend
0: yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't think the overtime rules really played much of it. Uh, listen, I think you would like your players to know all the rules, and I think there should be conversations about it, but I'm going to tell you I have stood. I, I'll give you the example. There was a uh, time I was at tra- training camp a long time ago, and I watched the special teams coach. In fact, I think it was Frank Gans Jr. Mm-hmm. Go over, like, listen, okay, here's the game situation. We're we're up six, Okay, there's 32 seconds left, or 27 seconds left. We're going to, And we're, we're snapping from our own 18. We're going to snap the ball to the punter. We want him to run around and kill time. We want to burn as much time as possible. Two points doesn't matter to us. A, a, a touchdown and an extra point beats us. Either way, right, whether it's six or four. So we're going to take the safety. We want the punter to kill time, run around down here. And what we want every one of the offensive linemen to do is hold. Everybody hold. Tackle your guy. Do whatever it takes, right? Because it doesn't matter. They're not going to take the penalty and have us burn off more clock. So it's irrelevant. And if you hold in the end zone, again, irrelevant because we're taking the safety. So there is no penalty to hold. Do whatever it takes. And later that year, they had that situation come up, and nobody held. Okay? So... I'm going to tell you, if anyone has ever coached anything, there are the kids that get it, and there are the kids that don't. And the ones that don't, they ain't ever going to get it. Okay? Canarius Tony ain't ever going to get it. No. I don't care where you send him. He ain't ever going to get it. But if you can unlock the potential or put him in a situation where it doesn't matter that he doesn't get the overtime rules or doesn't get how to take a safety at the end of a game or doesn't get all the clock management part of the equation, but you can say, see ball, catch ball, run with ball? then Kadarius Toney can be a productive player. We saw him return a punt in the Super Bowl last year and help the Kansas City Chiefs win. My point is this. There are some players that are going to get it. There are some players that aren't. There are some things you're going to focus on. There's some things you can't. There's not enough time to be proficient at everything. I think there is, to your point, I agree with you, Tracy. Like To, to a little bit, this is Mike Greenberg, and I like Mike Greenberg a lot. I think he's a very talented guy, and I think he's a very knowledgeable uh, football uh, analyst, as it is. And so I'm not running down Mike Greenberg. But in this one, I think he's making – this is a mistake of – a lack of experience of really diving into what is real in coaching and what isn't. Not not necessarily watching football or talking to football people. He's done that for years, but I, I wonder if Mike Greenberg ever coached his kids' teams, right? Have you ever coached oh, just a little bit to get an idea of like we can't oh, do that that dynamic that you're talking yes, about? You, you can, and again, it really shows itself. Anyone who's coached little league out there, you know, right? Particularly the ones that have plays football and basketball. You you understand. That and even soccer and, and baseball, which are much more you know, c ball, hit ball, c ball, kick ball, c ball, pass ball, less of a court, court. You know, it's more about spacing and less about a, a teamwork, a, a ballet, if you will, of coordination. Even those you can see it, but not as much. But it jumps out. You spend all day on your inbounds play. If little Louie doesn't get it, he ain't going to get it. So. Yeah you know like how many practices are you going to throw away trying to get this one kid to figure out no no you got to break out after he sets the pick right you got to move on and do some other things it's not that basic it's not dumbed down to that level, but the NFL That's why Tim Grunhardt has told us for years, reps, the most important thing you have. Mm-hmm. And when the Chiefs give you this smorgasbord of formations and motions and players, it's why Andy Reid wants to have a package of plays for Sky Moore and for Kadarius Tony and for Justin Ross and all these guys because he wants them to burn the time because you could practice all those things, and then you turn around and go, all right, let's go over overtime. Sorry, NFLPA rules stipulate that we're out of practice time, but we're yes. gone. Yep. We're out of here. And so I, I think it's just it's – not, it's not giving credit to what the Chiefs do to burn your practice up. Right? And it's not giving credit to what – Kyle Shanahan has a very complicated offense as well. And it's not giving credit. Part of the way you make that offense so good is you sacrifice something else. Right? I mean, it, it's one of the reasons why I think the story of the Chiefs defense this year is even – better than people realize even we most of us realize here in Kansas City because Steve Spagnuolo has I don't think he meant to but he basically has said a couple of times like look you know, we, we practice this for the offense. We gotta do this for the offense. Yeah. Like, Andy Reid's still an offensive coach. and If we gotta tighten something up at the end, we're gonna tighten up the offense. Yes. We're gonna run a, I need the, I need you to dummy up the defense to run what I'm gonna see here, guys. We'll get to your stuff. Oh, we're out of time? Okay. Right? That yeah. happens to every team. Somewhere there's something the Chiefs didn't cover. But it also speaks to the brilliance of Andy Reid, that they did cover it, and they covered it time and time again, that he has a way to get all this stuff in there and make it work. I will I will continue to tell you, I think the, the most underrated, I'm not going to say it's the biggest key because I'd have to be around him all year inside the, the doors and see what it is to try to stack his best attribute is this, and then it's this. The play calling is really good. The play designing is really good. His clock management is really good, despite what Fools said for years. He's great at that. Too, but his off season kicks ass. I mean, he. I think in OTAs and mini camps and training camp, I don't think anybody gets more done than Andy Reid does. Because I think he gets a lot of the football stuff done, so they can do a lot of the nuance during the year. Or he gets a ton of the nuance in and has just enough time to reinforce it during the year that they're sharp. I won't say it doesn't matter because. Patrick Mahomes, knowing the down and distance of the clock and what we're trying to accomplish, he can make it all work. So I think it's really important for Patrick Mahomes to know. There might be some overkill in making sure your offensive tackle knows. Mm-hmm. Like, your offensive tackle's got to block the guy in front of him. He's not calling timeouts. He's not looking at the clock. So there may be some overkill by Andy Reid in this one. But I, I think, you know, Kyle Shannon made the determination. We as coaches know we'll call the timeouts. We'll tell him which way to, to go on the coin toss. We'll tell him what to do. We know it. You go at it. I, I think. It does matter. Like you're not playing defense. Like, hey, the clock's ticking down. There, this is about to end. If they don't score, it's over. So we can really be aggressive here. No, because it's not over. If they don't score, they just play another quarter. Mm-hmm. Right. So I do think there there is a nuance where it'd be nice that everybody know it. But I'm going to tell you, even if you tell the entire team that. Ten, I guarantee you there were, there are five or ten guys at least on the Chiefs team that if you gave them true serum, they had no idea what the rule was either. Yes. Right? The 49ers, it just really mattered. They didn't win, so they're getting hit with this. And and that's one of And by the, the way, it, sorry, one more thing. It, it diminishes what the Chiefs accomplished agreed. to try to make it sound like, well, oh, the 49ers screwed it up. I and, hate that. You know,
3: like like they were running unopposed
0: in, yeah. in that regard.
3: And, that, and it's one of the things, uh, the dynamics involved there is... is is. We saw it a lot in just trying to judge what was happening with certain players this season. I think a lot of people have the assumption that if a player gets to that level, they get it. They must get it, or they wouldn't have gotten there. There, that is, there is so much evidence that that is not the case, and I think this is one of those seasons where a lot of Chiefs fans, that, that kind of was brought home to them. Oh, yeah, there are some guys. Because earlier on in the season, we are hearing, why don't they just tell those guys to catch the ball? Well, they do. <laughs> tell them to stop making those mistakes. Well, they do. And I think this was really an eye-opening experience for a lot of fans this year that some guys, you can tell them 50
0: times, and they're just not going to figure it out. Yeah. Ted, you're in the program. What's going on, Ted? Thanks for calling.
2: Hey, Soren. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to talk about Brett Beach and kind of if you'd put yourself in his situation. First of all, I would like to say that Beach said, what, six or seven years ago that Patrick Mahomes was the best football player you ever saw. Wasn't that the Mm quote?
0: Yeah, 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 it is. And and now everybody else is agreeing. Yeah, so if you – what did the Whether
2: the Patriots did something wrong between their two um, sets of uh, three wins in the Super Bowl or not, but there was a 10-year span there, if, if you're the Chiefs today and you're Brett Beach, do you go is, – is the three – trying to get a three-peat realistic or is it more important than setting yourself up for two years from now, three years from now – yeah. No, I, I think that's the
0: question. Yeah, Ted, you, you've hit on what I think is the question of the off season, right? Because I think the plan has been they shifted gears when they traded Tyree Kill, and they're playing the long game, mm-hmm. which they should. And they're not making any one move that you got to have. But now they're going to be faced with the opportunity to do something historic. And for me, if you're asking me what would I do if I was Brad Beecher, that is, okay, do we – do we recognize that we're going to be we're going to take a big hit in, say 26, 27, and we're really you know going to have to scramble because we're going to do everything it takes. And Ted, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the call. I need to take a break. We're going to do everything everything it takes to keep Chris Jones and Lejarius need so that we can come back at a full bore and try to get this third one right. And my answer is no. First of all, history tells us it's impossible. Doesn't mean it is. But history tells us that, at least in the Super Bowl era, no one's done it. We went over what all eight previous opportunities happened, what happened. so, people got close, people got the conference championship games, but nobody's even made the Super Bowl. So to think you're going to overcome all that when you think about how close the the razor thin margin of error was for this team to win this one, I think you're chasing fools' gold. I think you play it smart. You make good decisions. And you have a team that's good enough to win a championship again, but you don't try to go out because, sure as hell, you go and you do whatever it takes to keep Chris Jones. And thirty-year-old Chris Jones is hurt for six games, or is hurt at the end. Or Lejarius Need, who's twenty-seven, will be twenty-eight. Your athletic downslope begins at age, you know, after age twenty-seven, and you pour a bunch of money into them, and all of a sudden they're hurt, which their chances of injury go up with every year they get older. the The answer is no. I think you play the long game. Because playing the long game gave you the youngest defense in football, which gave you one of the healthier defenses in football, gave you one of the faster defenses in football, and ended up to being one of the best, if not the very best defense in football. Play the long game for the long haul. It's all about Mahomes. Get some weapons around him in a, in a responsible approach. Understand you're not going to be as good personnel-wise defensively and make sure that that window stays wide open for the entire time that Patrick Mahomes is here. Nine one three 810 You're in the program. We're live at Hen House. Come on down. $25 gets you a dozen uh, red roses. $30 gets you a uh, beautiful dozen rainbow roses. Uh, you will be a hero on Valentine's Day. Let the floral department at Hen House take care of you the way they take care of me. Every Valentine's Day. Go to henhouse.com to see more details. Petro Seabolt with you live at Hen House here at uh, 83rd and Mission, the Corinth location, uh, getting you ready for uh, Valentine's Day. Got a wonderful dinner for two. If you uh, don't want to mess around getting out and about, want a nice romantic dinner at home, Hen House will cook it up for you. Order a delicious uh, dinner with an appetizer, salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette and a single red rose for just $49.99. You can go online right now to henhouse.com. The lovely uh, folks over at the Delicatessen brought by the meats and Very cheeses. Nice. Very nice. And some grapes. Oh, my God, the cheeses are so good. Uh, you can find that in the uh, Delicatessen at your uh, neighborhood Hen House. The Such crackers, a great store. The crackers that I, I love to eat. You like those crackers? Yep. My wife nice likes kudos, those Salami. Oh, it's great. It's great. They do a great job. They're party trays out of this world. If you want a meat and cheese tray for a get-together at the house, uh, let Hen House do it. Uh, they're fantastic. Go to henhouse.com. You can see all their great party trays there. If you like, nine one three three eight ten eight ten the phone number. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Scott, waiting patiently. You're in the program, Scott. What's going on, buddy?
2: Hey, good afternoon, guys. Just love the show and wanted to say thanks for all the fun analysis during the playoffs. Uh, it's just just so much fun. I I was amazed by by one thing during that Super Bowl game, and it's wondering if it surprised you guys also. I don't think I heard Donovan Smith or Juwan Taylor's name called. I I think they had zero penalties. Um, I, uh, I think they
0: did. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, it was, listen, there are a lot of things that you're like, ah, oh, Leopard can't change his spots. This is going to be a problem all the way through. And, you know, unfortunately, Creed Humphrey still struggled with the snaps. But Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith did a heck of a job. And I think Andy Reid did a nice job. You know, I think I think we saw the value of Jarek McKinnon as well. When he chips, you stay chipped. Yep. And he would put a shoulder into a, into a ribs that would slow up Nick Bosa a couple of times. And I think, you know, let's give some credit to Jet because he can really block.
3: And he was really. Hurt. I mean, he was hurt a lot to be able to come back, be activated, and play as much as he did. Very much an unsung hero the other night. God, I thought that was a smokescreen, and he was a big help.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point, Scott.
2: Well, I, I, I just thought it was great they didn't have penalties, and then I had a laugh at myself. It might be kind of funny. I, I'm just totally brainwashed by the show as the Chiefs offense was coming out for their possession in, in overtime. I was yelling at the TV amongst a large group. I was yelling, put the ball in Mahomes' hands. And uh I, I somehow that's ringing yeah. in my ears from prior show analysis you guys have done and, and of course the first the first play is to Pacheco, then a six yard pass to Rasheed, and then another run to Pacheco, and I'm like, No, get the ball get the ball yeah. Mahomes hands. So I was laughing at myself because I, I was kind of parodying, you know, cer- certainly doing a, maybe maybe a little bit of an impression uh and entertaining the group that I was with for that Super Bowl show. But uh yeah. anyway, let's Listen. The show. Go ahead. Well, Sorry.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And, and it's never a bad idea to just give the quarterback the ball, right? Yeah. No. And in the end, it was at his hands. You know, uh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, all right, listen, we're at Hen House. Uh, they do a fantastic job in the floral department. A dozen red roses for just $25. Rainbow roses for 30 Get them at Henhouse. You can find them online at henhouse.com. All
3: right, how many blocked extra points have there been in Super Bowl history? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.